0: Standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callus It is episode 422, coming to you on May the 26th, which is a Friday. And normally we try and be upbeat, positive, and well, quite frankly, have some fun with Fridays. But unfortunately, (laughs) due to the events that have been occurring for the last week or so, um, most of which I was actually on a little vacay, right? Took a little respite from the... Oh, the go-go days of every day of the week and every week of the year, except for the couple weeks i managed to get off. Let me just tell you, we're going to, we're going to start this episode with the title the wrong way to do it. And yeah, that, that's going to open up a whole lot of can of worms, but as I need to remind you, you can help me help you by like, share, subscribe this program. You can do it through your favorite social media. You can do it uh, through a text message. Doesn't matter. Just get the word out. Uh, My three listeners are very busy. Very, very busy. I mean, we're we're getting well over 500 downloads per show. And they've, I mean, they've been working it hard. (laughs) And I want to thank you. I really do. Um, I'm excited about where we're going. Uh, You know, before I took my little vacay, I was... Uh, spent tired worn out but I'm recharged and you know what life's not perfect and seems like as a right of center person you're always on defense well uh'm I'm, I'm not gonna continue to do that I, and I never have been always on defense and th- that's actually one of my biggest critiques if you will of our team always being on defense we're gonna we're gonna implement a little offense. Just little old me and if you feel particularly inspired or happy do me a favor go rate and review this show still with Podbean, i just i'm hesitant to pull the trigger because i know how this works now <laughs> but i i just i don't think they're giving me what i need i, I think i could do better uh i'm open to suggestions um Spotify appears to be the same way or the best way to go because they bought out Anchor. But I, you know, I hesitated. I I just don't know. All right, here we go. On with the show. So, for those of you that live in Texas, you know we have the big three that's the governor, the lieutenant governor, and the speaker of the house. In that mix is the AG. So in theory, the AG is the most powerful law enforcement officer in the entire state. And uh, these four guys don't necessarily need to be on the same team, but they need to at least be on the same page. That would be what we would hope for, right? So let me just stay from the onset, I'm going to try really hard to not make this all about Paxton. But Ken Paxton is from my hometown. Ken Paxton was my state rep. Then Ken Paxton was my state senator. And then he became the the attorney general. And notwithstanding um, what I would call some scandalous uh, accusations, right? None of them were sustained. Uh, and they just leave them hanging out there. They don't want to settle them because they're tarnishing the guy, You know, we're watching this play out with another former elected official that's uh, currently in Florida, I believe. And I I don't want to bring him into this at all, but I'm just going to say Ken Paxton ruffles some feathers. But if you want the guy that's going to stand strong, you want the guy that's going to fight the good fight, you want the guy that's going to get stuff done, that's Ken. We should be happy and excited that we've got a man of his caliber that chooses to do that job. I suppose if he would have stayed in private practice, he'd be a multi-multi-multi-multi-millionaire and probably sailing off into the sun. So typically, there's a number of reasons why somebody gets into politics in elected office, um, and I'm not going to even fathom a guess of what any one person's uh, reason or balance of reasons was for getting in an office, but I have not seen... Some of the negative things that you might see. Now, of course, I don't know everything. I'm not deeply involved with what goes on. And the people that are his supporters are adamant. And the people that hate him still hate him. So none of that has changed. But what has changed is we're rolling up to the end of our session here. And apparently our speaker, the speaker of our house has been watching too many episodes of their drinker reviews. Uh, And decided to take the gavel in the same way that that gentleman does his uh, videos. Now, I, again, wasn't there. I saw the video, uh, or at least part of it, where he can barely speak. Now, before I press the button on the guy's obviously drunk, let me just say, I have been known to slam a word or two here or there and... I've done more than one episode when I'm half asleep because I'm committed to getting the show out. So I'm going to be right, direct, and honest that sometimes my pronunciation is less than stellar. Sometimes my thought process is a little muddled. And I can assure you it's not because I've had multiple uh, alcoholic beverages. It's usually because I'm tired or dragging or, well, life (laughs) Life requires you to make sacrifices, and often my body is the sacrifice. (laughs) That being said, if I'm going to give the guy the benefit of the doubt, sure, it's entirely possible he was just dog tired. All right, so if you're that tired, hand over the gavel to somebody that's not that tired. It doesn't seem to be that big of a challenge, but apparently it was. So then when we factor in that... That happened, the first visible chess move was made. That is, the AG said, hey man, you disgraced yourself. You just took out another representative, admittedly, somebody that needed to go because of a mm, grand confluence of (laughs) bad choices. And regrettably so. But you did the right thing. We we removed the guy. But then for you to turn up just a few weeks later, uh, obviously not up to the task. Perhaps you should follow your own rules. That's the way I choose to interpret those events. Now, I'm going to also stay flat out. I don't know all the chess moves. I, I don't know all what's at play here. But best case scenario... uh. Dade Phelan is a good man who made a mistake. Worst case scenario is Dade Phelan is a good fraud. We fooled a lot of people and messed up and got called on it and now is doing what he needs to do to fight back. I don't know what the answer is because, again, I wasn't there. And obviously what we're seeing and what we're hearing mm, is coming through somebody else's filter and their lenses and, we're not sure that that's hundred percent accurate. And being that I haven't been able to speak to somebody who's close at the scene as of yet, I have a, I have a call or two in on that. It, it's unclear as to what was at play here. So then, and, and maybe this was in play all along, the Texas house made their move. They want to try and impeach the attorney general. Now, I've heard multiple angles on this. And to be honest, just because the law says something <laughs> doesn't mean that's how it's going to be applied. I mean, the uh legislature gave the power to the attorney general to investigate election fraud if the DAs weren't going to do it, and then the Texas courts decided, "Well, no, you can't do that." Huh? But hey, don't worry. That's what the law said. You we're going to tell you something different. So, While it might say you have to have two-thirds, which, again, you're going to get every Democrat to vote for an impeachment, which means that you probably only need, what, 25? 20? Republicans across lines? And I would imagine there's plenty of squishes that'd like to take it out on somebody else. So they're going to go forward with this, maybe. Maybe, or it could be just a shot across the bow, a warning, if you will, to get people in line. You don't cross us. We're the people we run this state. Mm, okay. Meanwhile, the governor and Lieutenant governor are sitting by watching this play out. Now, first of all, I'm fairly certain the Lieutenant governor is probably not even going to bring that up for a, quote unquote trial in the Senate. He may not have a choice. But there's no way they're going to get two-thirds out of that Senate. I I just don't see it. I mean, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I just don't see it. So what's the point? What's the point? It's all about damaging A.G. Paxton. So, again, that begs the question, where's the governor? You know, we're being invaded, overrun by foreigners. And yes, I said it, Foreigners. People that come here that have zero desire to be Texians, much less Americans, and we're doing nothing about it. Nothing legitimate, nothing mm, active, nothing substantial is being done. Rome is literally burning and we're shuffling the, (laughs) we're shuffling the uh, chairs on the observation deck. Well, I've kind of now mixed my metaphors now, haven't I? (laughs) But the Titanic's not going down. Rome is burning, literally. And the Attorney General has been fighting the good fight, but now we're going to take him off the board. We've put him in check. Why do we do this, Mr. Phelan? Well, one would ask. Because he made me look bad. Okay, but you did that all by yourself. Lieutenant Governor, you said you were going to secure the border. What was it, eight years ago when you ran for office? Why have you've done nothing significant to curb the problem or to reinforce the issue. And Governor Abbott, I mean, this is your time to come riding, riding in on a white horse and save us all from the destruction, right? Send in the uh, the Polish hussars, right, with their wings on their horses as they rush into the uh, mess of the invading Ottomans. that's a historical reference for those of you that don't know if you don't at least try that means you're accepting failure you're accepting the idea that you're going to be overrun now i don't know greg abbott i don't know lieutenant uh dan i have met ken paxton and of those three guys um based upon their track record and what they've done, who would I want to lead us out of this mess? Do I even need to say it? The two guys that could and should be doing something, should be taking the lead, haven't done squat. The one guy that has the least amount of influence on border policy has been trying to fight the good fight. He's been trying to fix the problems. Now, I can hear some of my listeners out there, but what about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? Yeah, you're right. Uh, Last time I looked... He was a man. I've heard plenty of accusations over the years. I've heard, uh, I'm not going to repeat them. It doesn't matter. Uh, There hasn't been a court case to determine that he was guilty. There hasn't been any action to prove that he's guilty. So we're not going to go there. Uh, As far as whatever alleged uh, indiscretions may or may not have occurred, yeah, Uh, you know what? I don't know. But even if it happened, is it happening now? Is it relevant now? I don't think so. If it's happening now and it's relevant now, well, that's a different story. But again, we're dealing with an invasion, a literal invasion, and we want to worry about something that may or may not have occurred eight years ago, four years ago. I mean, I guess some of these accusations are from two years ago, but you know what? All this was readily known whispered talked about campaigned on and we the texans the texians we didn't care we reelected the guy because he does a good job now if you'll forgive this analogy because it's not fair but if you'll forgive the analogy uh king david was a flawed man king david was guilty of murder adultery and many other things but god still used him and used him to do a lot of good things for his kingdom. I'm fairly certain that nobody <laughs> is accusing Ken Paxton of murder. Now that I say that, I, I'm sure there'll be a Democrat somewhere, some hack that'll dream up some wild excuse. Where he, but so if that's the case, and David wasn't disqualified from serving in that role. Now he did get punished. His family got punished. There are consequences to bad behavior. And honestly, based upon what I'm seeing, begs the question is maybe these United States is Texas being punished, right? Are we we reaping the seeds of our own destruction that we have sowed years ago when we decided we knew better? So let me ask you the grand scheme of things, does any of this really matter? Does it change anything? Yeah, yeah, I think it does. There needs to be multiple special sessions because guess what? We had legitimate things that needed to be done and we couldn't even get them done because we got outplayed. Tell me how it is. 54 Democrats can show up to a vote and vote present and then quote unquote, we didn't have a hundred people to vote on a bill. So therefore it isn't passed. How does that happen? So, basically, they broke quorum without leaving to break quorum. I mean, really? Is this what we're going to work? I mean, and the bill was about requiring people to be citizens in order to vote. I, I didn't even realize we needed to have a law to require that in the first place. But the fact that 54 Democrats refused to even vote on the issue should be very alarming. Now, I know there are plenty of mm, average normal people out there that voted for Democrats because for whatever reason, you're not happy with the Republicans. Guess what? I'm not happy with the Republicans either, but I'm still one. I still work to get them because they're the least evil that we have available at this time. So let me ask you, when those guys come home before the first special session, what are you going to tell them? Hmm? Are you going to say, well, you know what? We don't really think Texas is worthy of being an independent state. We don't think it's worthy of being part of these United States because, well, heck, anybody that comes here should be able to vote in our elections. Huh? What? I'm sorry. That's not what I signed up for. That's not part of the uh, uh, plan of action as far as I'm concerned. And those people that did that, they violated their oaths as far as I'm concerned. They have... uh, (laughs) they have surrendered the state of Texas. They need to be removed from office. I mean, if they're not even willing to say that Texas is an independent state a, independent state actor that ought to be able to determine that its citizens are guaranteed and have certain rights protected, that's part of their oath. So when the little bloodsucker that lives around me says that they're going to follow their oath. I'm just curious. Are you going to hold these guys accountable for violating their oath? Hmm? Or are you going to pretend because you want to be the next AG that we should go take out our sitting AG because of, well, reasons. Unfortunately for all of us out here, we have the stark realization that once these guys get there, They routinely ignore and blow off the very people that sent them there. And they know that they have tons of money and they only have to get a majority of the Republicans to support them. And actually, it doesn't even have to be a majority of the Republicans because they still have the ability to pull in the other party to vote in our primaries because, oh, that's right, we haven't closed the primaries yet. So when you've got a guy like my local bloodsucker that runs... He's going to openly campaign for soft Democrats to come vote for him because, well, this other person's terrible. It doesn't matter if they are there or not, but that's how he's going to campaign. And why wouldn't he? The rules are written to benefit him and all of his ilk. Now, why would we be upset by this? Well, because it's supposed to be a representative republic. public. The representatives are supposed to actually represent us, not somebody else. So, you know, I've been honest. I can think of at least one state rep that thinks the job that they have is to work for the governor and support what the governor wants. And in a perfect world, that wouldn't be the worst possible outcome. Unfortunately, when you're running as a state rep, you're telling the people in your district that you're running to represent them to the governor, not the other way around. Yet this individual will likely run for re-election, may or may not get a challenger. But the response was, well, I have all the money. What are you going to do? I have all the money. Do you see your problem, folks? These people have no fear. They have no concern. They have zero desire to actually do the job they were sent to do. And here we're watching the legislative session go on, and they wasted Oodles of time doing nothing because, you know, that's the way the Constitution's written in the state of Texas that, you know, we could have fixed decades ago if we were interested in actually doing the work that we're supposed to be doing. And it was written at such a time that, oh, I don't know, a lot of people had to travel and it took an immense amount of time to get there and they wanted to make sure that those people weren't left out of the process, whereas now you could be anywhere in the state of Texas and quite frankly be in Austin in less than a day. So that's not a problem anymore. That's not a real issue. The real issue is they live off of us. They they see the see themselves as our rulers, that they know better, which they clearly don't, that they can do better, which they clearly don't, and they're going to impress upon us that we have to take the table scraps that they've kicked off the table for us. And it's an interesting situation because <laughs> they get away with it. And why do they get away with it? Well, largely because our people don't want to do anything about it. They're content. They've done a good enough job with the replacement for the bread and circuses to keep everybody content. Now, if you live in Collin County, you know that we're 58% right of center, give or take. And all we have to do is show up and vote and the least bad candidate will win. And if that's all you want, you're content. But what if you want a better than bad candidate? What if you want a slightly less bad candidate? What if you want somebody new? Well, you could go with term limits, but guess what? That that toothless tiger. You could go with, um, I shouldn't say that. At the state level, it would be a largely toothless tiger. Because you wonder why it's never happened in Congress. It's because they control their own fate. And the same would happen at the state level. They're going to control their own fate. I mean, look, and I'm I'm not going to lie. It's a sweet gig. And if you can get it, you should take it. But you literally only go to work for eight years on a part-time job and you get a full lifetime retirement. You get paid the same as what the judges get paid. I mean, again, that's not a good motivation to go run to be a state rep, but hey, that's a cherry on top that Sunday, right? Because I'm going to tell you, from what I've heard, from what I've seen, being a state rep is not all that it's cracked up to be. It's a challenge. It's it's, It's a long slog. I mean, you've got six to nine months worth of campaigning every year, and then you've got four to five months that you're down in Austin the next year. So it's really hard to have a normal family life, to have a normal job, and, I don't know, function as a normal human being, But hey, don't worry. Eh, The right people get those jobs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. (laughs) It's uh, it's a racket. And we're not in it. While we're on that topic of it being a racket, let's surmise a couple of things here. Let's let's have a little side. And then we'll get back to the primary topic. I got to say... I want to revisit this uh, former representative. He's a smart guy. He made a couple of stupid errors. But let's, let's take a step back. Do you believe that maybe events could have been manipulated or pushed, nudged, if you will, to create a situation where it made him more susceptible to failure? caused him to hmm, maybe not think clearly. I mean, we've seen it play out before. I mean, I mean, you're getting into the rabbit hole here. I understand, but I'm looking for an explanation. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know. I wasn't there. I haven't talked to anybody. I don't, I don't know. But just looking from the outside in, um, does that really seem to be the best decision-making process in place here? But what if I manipulated the events and I put you in such a position to where you're feeling challenged, feeling vulnerable, and you cross a line? And once you cross that line, maybe you cross another line. And I keep pushing you and I keep um, causing problems. And then, then you cross that line again and again. And then there is no line. For those of you familiar with that, it's called sinful behavior. And it doesn't matter if it's real or imagined. The more you do it, the more you give into it. It makes you susceptible. Whether it's temporal, people doing things to mess with you, or just straight up spiritual. A good man can fall. Bad men already fell. <laughs> That's typically why they're bad men. But the good men can fall too. So why do I bring this up? We go back and we look at the big four, the big three plus the AG. I got to be honest. I think all guy, all four of these guys are smart. All four of these guys are politically astute. Um, at least two of them are expert maneuverers to get where they're at. I mean, you don't get to the top of the heaps, if you will, without being pretty good at what you do. And I imagine running for a statewide office is a uber challenge. Then you throw in the fact that the Speaker of the House is the leader among reps. That's probably... A lot more shady it's probably a lot more deal cutting in the back room causing us to get mm, subpar legislation but even if we believe these guys are quote-unquote good christian men and, and they may be I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i'm not gonna question their salvation let's put it that way but one wonders are these men actually... well, let's let, we're gonna we're just gonna take AG out of this for the mix. The other big three, right? So you got Phelan, Abbott, Patrick. Are these men actually weak men? They're expert manipulators, they're charismatic to a certain point, and they've built up a war chest that they could hold these high offices and basically hold the state of Texas in the palm of their hand. Who are they beholden to? Who are they working for? Because it's clearly not us. Are they compromised? I think that's a fair question. And if they're compromised, how and why are they compromised? Because that would lead me to believe that they're weak men. You know, that's one of the symptoms of judgment, right? You're led by women and children. But weak men basically behave like what the biblical understanding of women and children is, right? And look, look, there are plenty of solid women that are excellent leaders in the spheres that they operate in, and I can think of several that were excellent governors, so I'm not begrudging that, and part of the biggest problem is the church plays along with this, they refuse to bring up men that know how to be good leaders. They, they refuse to reinforce the idea of masculine leadership. Even my wife tells me she wants to be able to follow me with confidence. So I got to believe that most women actually want to follow men, but they want to be confident when they do that. And if we're not doing our job of convincing them that we're good leaders and that we know what we're doing, that failure's on us. So when I look at the leadership that we currently have in Texas, it leads me to believe that these guys are weak men. They're not interested in actually doing the job that they were hired to do. At least the job that we thought we hired them to do. I'm sure they're doing somebody's bidding. I, I'm sure they're working for somebody on something, but clearly it's not the Texians. Clearly, it's not the Tejanos. Clearly, it's not the United States um, Constitution. Rome is literally burning, and these knuckleheads are worried about a dude that made a series of mistakes with a 19-year-old girl. They're worried about something that allegedly happened that hasn't been proven, hasn't gone to court, Um by the AG, who is our strongest fighter in the entire state. And they're going to waste time on those things, but they can't do the job we sent them there to do. We can't even get the rule established or affirmed that only citizens can vote because these knuckleheads can't lead. They refuse to lead. And when we can't get good leaders, that leads to us falling. You know, when Rome was burning, it said that Nero played his fiddle. I don't know if that's true or not. And quite frankly, I don't care. The fact that he did nothing and he let it happen is the bigger problem. Now, Rome, uh, after its apex, uh, was more concerned about who was in charge and the leaders jockeyed for position and sold each other out and killed each other just to maintain some semblance of power and authority as everything collapsed around them. I think we've seen this play out in other empires. Might that be what we're seeing now? I mean, explain Biden. I mean, for God's sakes, the state of Pennsylvania elected essentially a brain-dead individual. Oh, I should be nicer. Let's just say (laughs) intelligence-compromised individual cognitively functioning, barely individual. Now, granted his opponent was not good, but be that as it may. So our speaker of the house, Dade Phelan says, no, 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 I wasn't drunk. I was cognitively impaired. Okay. So what you're saying is we have Dade Phelan now saying that he's John Fetterman. Huh? What? Or maybe worse yet, Joe Biden. I mean, How do we have this terrible representation at this most crucial time? Unless, of course, it's truly judgment. And in case you're wondering, yes, this all ties back to the title of the show. We're doing things the wrong way. We're headed the wrong way. And we don't seem to be able to fix anything the right way. So again, the wrong way. Everything that is going on right now is happening the wrong way. You would think at least some of the Democrats care enough about the state of Texas that they would do the right thing for the state of Texas, even though it maybe doesn't align with their preference. You would think that the Republicans that we send down there that claim to be conservative, claim to be Christian, at the very least, would do the bare minimum to protect the state of Texas. You would think that the guy that is the governor and the commander of the Texas Guard and the commander of the Texas State Troopers and the commander of various other elements would do what he needs to do to protect Texas from invasion, notwithstanding what the feds may or may not say. We're either a sovereign and independent state or we're not. And if we're not going to at least pretend to be that, then why bother? This chump needs to be sent home. I mean, the biggest and the most important job that he has, he is now failing at. Rome is burning and the governor has done nothing. We expect nothing from the drone that is in D.C. That's a given. D.C. is lost its enemy territory. The enemy holds that territory. It will likely never, ever be retaken in my lifetime. But we still have a foothold in Texas. Texas is the last resort. It is the American Redoubt. Notwithstanding what the uh, Pacific Northwest may think, we are the last chance, the last best chance. And if we can't even maintain our state because of pathetic, weak leadership, then the guys need to be retired. Now, Greg Abbott can be a good Christian man and and he can be a loving father and grandfather and whatever else, but he is not up to the job clearly because he's not doing it. Lieutenant Dan, same thing. He may be all those things, but he's not doing the job, the most important job. And as for failing, I don't know. I, I understand you got to make deals. You got to cut, you know, whatever to maintain your power as the speaker. But we're looking at the bare minimum. The bare minimum is you hold the line at Texas. You don't let every other nation in the world dump their people here in Texas. And yes, we had the nice little political stunt where we're sending people to New York and Chicago. Okay, fine. Why not just put up the barbed wire and a couple 50 cals and hold the line? Nobody needs to be coming in the state of Texas that hasn't been invited or thoroughly vetted. And I don't trust the feds for one iota of a moment to do that job. Yet, here we go. The state of Texas rolled over on its back, exposed its belly and begging the feds, please pet us nicely. I'm sorry, but that's not my idea of leadership. That's not my idea of standing in the gap. That's not my idea of anybody worthy of holding that position. But you know what? We got a guy, one guy who's in a position of authority that might be able to do something that might be able to push back. And the uh, job is I'm the attorney general. I'm the highest law enforcement officer in the entire state of Texas, and I'm trying to do my job, and I've upset a few people. So the very people that should be glad that he, at least somebody, is standing up to protect the state of Texas are now trying to cut the legs out from the guy and kick him into the dustpan of history because one guy is trying to stand up and do the right thing. Does that mean he doesn't have failures? Does that mean he didn't make mistakes? Does that mean that he's perfect? No. It means that he is a man, a fallen man, just like every one of us, but he at least wants to do his job. He at least is trying to fight the good fight. And those knuckleheads in the house, <laughs> their, their answer is, <laughs> let's impeach the one guy that wants to do the job. Do you see a problem here, folks? Do you, do you not understand what's at play here? I mean, I take no joy and being amped up about this. I take no joy in seeing the dire outcome of what is likely to occur here if we do nothing. But it but it's time to quit being coy, it's it's time to quit pretending that all is well. It's not well. Cowan County lives in a nice little isolated bubble of goodness and prosperity. And you know what? So was Byzantium or Constantinople or so was Rome until everything collapsed around it and it was finally sacked. Texas may be all that's left of what was once the great empire of these United States. It might be the last best shining example of what it was to be an American. But if we're not even going to bar the door, protect the city... Metaphorically speaking, we don't deserve it. Now, I don't know what the best answer is. I I don't know how to fix this, but I can assure assure you, that's what I'll say, I can assure you that taking out the one guy that's actually trying to do the job is not going to fix it. I can assure you sending the same knuckleheads back every year after every year to do little or nothing to protect the state of Texas is not going to do it. And when you ask them, and when you see them, ask them, well, did you keep your oath? I mean, you were so quick to tell us how you needed to keep your oath and follow your oath, but you let the state of Texas be overrun. You did not protect the border. You did not follow the Texas constitution. You do not follow the U S constitution because you've capitulated and don't give me any BS about you didn't have the numbers. We have a strong majority. Even if there's a bunch of weak sisters that have ours after the name, we have the majority. We need to act like it. We need to quit pretending that it's kumbaya time. It's war. Yeah, maybe it's soft war. Maybe it's unconventional war. Maybe it's um, low-intensity warfare, right? Maybe that's a better better example of what it actually is. Low-intensity warfare, but it's still war. And if you won't at least put your boots and your gear on and carry your sword and your shield, metaphorically speaking here, you're going to die. Now, again, this is not my normal Friday episode. This does not make me happy. I don't want to talk like this. I don't enjoy this. I I don't find anything exciting about what is going on. I just want you to understand what's at play. I just need you to know that we can do something. We need to be putting the pressure on the people that need to be pressured. Let's get at it. And with that, enjoy your weekend and let's hit the ground running on Monday. And I will see you on the other side.